Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pickle Park, a new beginning, let's go. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Baby said she wanna go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Mitchell and Ness with the old school name. All of the homies holler Padre gang. Yeah, that. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 220 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. I am your host, Ben Fadden. Coming to you before the Padres take on the Cleveland Guardians now, not the Indians, the Guardians, uh, for a two-game series here at Petco Park. It's going to be the last time they play at Petco Park in a while. Uh, the Padres have, I believe, a three-city road trip coming up after tomorrow's day game. Um, I'll be back at Petco Park today for the game. Uh, but before doing the pregame show and all that stuff later for the Guardians series, I wanted to go over four underappreciated Padres, I think. Two position players and two pitchers. Wanted to even it out there. Now, all four of these position players or and pitchers, these four Padres, they might not be underappreciated among the Padres fan base. You know, some of them are loved by the Padres fan base. But I feel like they're definitely underappreciated among, you know, the national baseball writers, uh, you know, they're not going to be talked about really on MLB Network. And that's fine because um, MLB Network, you know, they want to talk about the stars of the game, right? They're going to talk about the starting pitchers. Um, they're not necessarily going to talk about these players when they have uh, Juan Soto and Manny Machado and Josh Bell and Josh Hader and Joe Musgrove that they could be talking about on the Padres, right? Um, so I understand that, but I still wanted to highlight these four players that I feel like are underappreciated, um, nationally among those people that cover the game nationally. Let me know in the comments, uh, when I unveil these players, if you agree, if you disagree, or just your thoughts on the contributions of these players, uh, that they've had on the team this year. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, before we get started, this episode is brought to you by Gaglione Bros Famous Cheesesteaks and Garlic Fries. Uh, you can see them, or you can go get some at Petco Park during the Padres season. They're located on Friars Road as well. Uh, I believe they're going to be in Snapdragon Stadium uh, starting September 3rd when the San Diego State football team kicks off their season uh, against Arizona. Those ticket prices are really, really high, I think. Um, I believe also they're going to be there when the San Diego Waves start 
playing games there September 17th against Angel City FC, I believe is that first game. Uh, hopefully I'm going to that game. Um, so there's a lot of different locations that you can go uh, if you want to enjoy their cheesesteaks and garlic fries. Gaglionbros.com is their website. I recommend you check them out if you have not already. Uh, you're missing out. So, all right, let's get to these four players. I'm going to start with the two position players, and then I'll move to the two uh, pitchers. So first position player I want to talk about, Ha Sung Kim. Now, obviously, like I said earlier, I know he's appreciated among the fan base, right? The Ha Sung Kim chants at Padres games, at Petco, I understand that. I know a lot of fans appreciate him, um, you know, on social media and all that. And they have the king emojis whenever he hits a home run or whenever he does something great, right? I understand that. Uh, you know, when I'm uh, watching games and he does something, especially since the Tati suspension, I've tweeted out, that's our shortstop, you know, because he is our shortstop for this year, right? Uh, but nationally, he might get some praise because he makes a great play, so he might be included on the Center top 10 or MLB Network might play him for you know the premier plays that they show but when you have Manny and Soto on the team he's not going to get talked about right um this year I mean fourth in war on the team according to fan graphs this isn't including Soto it's fourth on the team and guys that have been with the team this year like Padres war uh that's huge he's played in 113 out of the team's 124 games so far or he's at least appeared in them that's huge. He's not getting hurt, right? He only has five errors this year. That's the least amount of errors among all shortstops in Major League Baseball this year. We know he's super valuable on defense. Um, and he's had, let's face it, he's had even more pressure on him since Fernando Tatis Jr. got suspended. And uh, since Tatis got suspended, he's actually been thriving, right? He, I don't think he's looked at it as pressure. I think he's just looking at it as, I've been doing this all year, and so I'm just going to continue playing the way I have all year. My role's not changing. I might have expected my role to change a little bit when, Tati, when Tatis got back, but it's not changing right now. Uh, it's not going to change the rest of the year, assuming that I'm healthy. So I'm just going to go out and continue playing the way I am. Uh, and so he, he probably doesn't feel like he has added pressure. But there is added pressure probably among... If you ask, you know, fans, like, does Kim have more pressure on him now because Tatis isn't back? The answer is probably yes, because you can't fill Tatis's shoes in terms of like offensive production and stuff. But Kim, he's done his best since Fernando got suspended, uh, since that appeal uh, stopped and that announcement came down. That came down, I believe, August 12th. Uh, so starting that August 12th game to now, before this Cleveland series, he's hitting 303. He has an 803 OPS. He's driven in five RBI or driven in five runs, five RBI uh, since August 12th when the Fernando news came down. And he's obviously playing tremendous defense. I did a breakdown yesterday, which is available on the YouTube channel uh, about Kim and Profar's great defensive plays that set up the Padres win on Sunday. If Kim doesn't make that diving play there, you know, almost into the stands, who knows? Maybe that runner reaches and that, uh, you know, Manaya could have given up more than the one run that he allowed, right? 
that, that could have definitely spiraled into something worse or into something bad because it, it didn't get worse because he didn't give any runs. Manaya didn't in that inning uh, because of the great defensive plays. But he's been tremendous defensively. We know he is. Um, the offense was just a question, you know, going into this year. C.J. Abrams got some playing time at shortstop, right? Remember at the beginning of the year, Abrams made the opening day roster because Tatis was out and Abrams was getting some playing time. Kim wasn't playing every day when a righty was on the mound. You know, he was hitting against lefties. Now he's playing every day and he's thriving in that role. And so you really got to give props to him. I wanted to shout him out first among the two position players that I have here. Then I'll do the two pitchers later. Uh, Desert Punks here in the chat says Kim has really stepped up. I'm curious if Padres media will start leaning on him in place of Tatis. Uh, what do you mean by that? Like putting more pressure on him or like pointing out when he's not doing well? Uh, maybe, but I think to be honest, the pressure is more on, you know, Josh Bell, Brandon Drury, Soto, Manny, those guys. Um, just because those are the bigger names, those are the trade deadline acquisitions. We know that Ha-Sung Kim, or at least Padres media does, I would say. We know that Kim, you know, he's not going to blow you away with power or anything like that. So like the power production standpoint, I think it's going to be more uh, the guys I just named. Um, but maybe, yeah, uh, I did just see a story out of the Union Tribune uh, about Kim and how he's been stepping up and his role and all that. So I think he will get more attention because Tatis is out. But in terms of national recognition, I, I feel like he's underappreciated. I know he's not underappreciated among Padres fans, but national media, I definitely think so. Um, so that's the first player. If Kim wasn't healthy, by the way, here's another point. If Kim wasn't healthy, you know, I mentioned the, all the games that he's played this year. He hasn't missed a lot of games. Uh, who would, what would the infield alignment be? You know, Crony at shortstop. Manny's at third, Jury's at second, Bell's at first. Okay, then who is DHing? You know, Corey Alfaro has really been scuffling as of late. I don't know if it's still the knee injury or, or whatnot. It, would it be Will Myers? Will Myers would probably DH, right? Or they'd have Josh Bell DH permanently and have Myers play first base, right? I'm not saying that's bad, but the best defensive alignment easily is Kim at shortstop. And, uh, I don't know if the Padres think that it's uh, – I mean, they clearly don't because they haven't been playing him every day. Uh, they don't think it's best to have Myers play every day. They like using him with matchups. But if Kim wasn't there, then Myers would probably be in the lineup every day. So um, just credit to Kim for staying healthy. The production that he's had all year, the production that he's had especially recently uh, with Fernando being gone. So shout out to him. Second player that I wanted to mention again. I don't think he's underappreciated among Padres fans, but nationally, probably. And that's Jerks and Profar. I think at the beginning of the year, obviously, we definitely thought that the Padres should have gotten an upgrade. Definitely. You know, we were throwing out names, say Suzuki, Nicholas Castellanos. Uh, some were even saying Tommy Pham, right? Would he be better than Profar? That was being talked about, right? Like Maybe the Padres would have to settle for Tommy Pham, Jock Peterson, Eddie Rosario. There were a lot of names thrown out there, and I'll compare their numbers, their numbers, their war numbers, compared to Profar's this year, and uh, it's clear that Preller made the right choice 
to stick with Profar. And so I, we got to give him props for that. Or he just, or you got to give him props, I guess, for not being, uh, not going out and feeling like he needed to go get a left fielder and overpay for Seiya Suzuki or someone like that. Uh, so I got to, you got to give, I guess, Preller in the front office props for that. And props, obviously, for Profar for getting better. I know he worked with Tatis Sr. and Tatis uh, in the offseason, right? And, yeah, I think I was wrong. A lot of people were wrong uh, about Profar and him being a weak link probably uh, in the outfield, in left field. He's gotten a lot better defensively. Obviously, he's made a ton of good throws. I think he's like, he has to be top five probably in outfield assist this year. Um, he's been tremendous. You look at that throw that he made against the Dodgers at home earlier this year. Uh, obviously, the throw he made on Sunday with the double off the wall, learning from mistakes, right? Learning from the mistake that he uh, had last week against Miami where he didn't throw the ball in early and then he got chewed out. He learned from that. Um, that's what I like about him. Always has a smile on his face, it seems like. Very passionate on the field. I look back to that Minnesota Twins game where uh, the umpire got in the way and he was pissed off because that should have been the game-tying hit that he had. Um, stuff like that, you know? Really fiery. I love that. Um, has a 115 OPS plus this year. 100 is league average, so he's above that. Third in F4 on the team, 2.7. Um, what if Profar wasn't healthy? Uh, you know, I can ask the same question uh, that I did about Hassan Kim, you know? It, what would it be? You know, before Soto, even before Soto and Profar was healthy, they were throwing Trace Thompson out there sometimes, you know? Um, what would it be? Grisham, Mazzara, Azokar? That, that's not ideal, or that wouldn't have been ideal, right? Uh, I thought Mazzara did pretty well uh, for a good amount of time when he was up, and I thought he should be starting every day at one point, if you remember me saying that. Uh, I did mean that. Um, now they have Soto, obviously, and he's been DFA'd. But, uh, yeah, if Profar wasn't healthy, this outfield was, would definitely not be as good. That's for sure. Uh, and I think he's underappreciated definitely nationally. I know... There's a lot of talented outfielders uh, nationally, right? Trout, Harper, I know he's been hurt, but Harper, he's coming back uh, probably next week, I would think. Uh, there's obviously a ton of guys. Aaron Judge is obviously getting a ton of play this year, and rightfully so. Hit his 47th home run of the year last night off Max Scherzer. Um, Soto, obviously. There's a lot of talented outfielders, so I'm not saying that, oh, they should be talking about Profar every day, but I do think he's underappreciated nationally. Um, and, uh, man, looking at the comparisons, like Profar and guys that we were talking about that we thought might've been an upgrade or we thought going into this year would have been an upgrade compared to Profar and just looking at Ward. Cause I know that's the simple all around, you know, encompassing stat Profar's F4 2.7 this year. Like I said earlier. Nick Castellanos' F4 this year is negative 0.5, so Profar there. Profar edges Suzuki, say Suzuki. His war is 1.0. I know he's been hurt a little bit, but still. Best availability is, or best ability is availability, right? Uh, Tommy Pham, his war this year, F4. Uh, so that's Fangraph's war for anyone that doesn't know what F4 is. His F4 is 0.7, so... 
Profar, 2.7, two wins better. Jock Peterson was an all-star this year. Here's that forward. I was surprised to see this. It's only at one this year. Eddie Rosario, negative 1.2. I know he got something with his eye because he couldn't see, but what if the Padres went and got him and he couldn't see and this was what we'd be getting out of a left fielder this year, you know? I know Profar would have probably still been on the team as a bench player. Uh, and there were some probably making the argument. I, I probably, shoot, I probably made the argument that he's the better, his biggest value or the most value he brings to the Padres is him being a utility guy. I probably said that before this season. But hey, he worked his butt off. He's gotten a lot better defensively. Uh, he was great in the leadoff spot. It felt like he was in lead the leadoff spot for months, probably because he was. Long at-bats, competitive at-bats. Uh, so real, real huge props to Jerks and Profar. And then obviously to Hassan Kim, like I mentioned earlier, he was my first position player. Uh, those two position players I really wanted to highlight. Uh, he has a player option, Profar does, for next year, $7.5 million. Will he opt in, take that player option, or will he opt out? That's something that I think we should definitely focus on uh, in the offseason. Obviously, that's not what he's thinking about now. That's not what we are thinking about now. But uh, I did look that up, his contract this morning, and he has a player option. And so does the first pitcher that I will talk about um, in just a bit for next year. I wanted to get to some comments here. Yeah, that's a good point by Adrian talking about Kim going back to him. I don't see Kim making that level of throwing error, errors, the level of throwing errors that Tatis made. Yeah. Um, Kim's a better defensive shortstop than Fernando is. I, I agree. Same thing with Abrams. You know, Abrams, we saw him spike some balls this past weekend, right? Yeah, Kim's just the better player, the, the better defensive player. And I think Kim's the better player overall than CJ is right now. Uh, that baseball guy says, completely unrelated, but do you think we should go for a different pitcher to replace Manaya? He's okay, just not good enough. Well, I thought he was good enough on Sunday, right? Um, and the majority of the year, it felt like or it has felt like he's given the Padres quality starts. I know he's been on a really rough stretch, and he's not going to be a part of the postseason starting rotation. But as a five starter, I'd be fine with him, to be honest. Um, will the Padres go after a different pitcher, or will they decide, you know what, let's go all in on Clev, bring him back, and don't bring back Manaya? Definitely. And then have Morahone maybe start as the five starter or something, or go pick up another cheap one year guy other than Manaya. Yeah, they could do that. Um, but I, I wouldn't say he's not good enough. His role is to be the five starter. And if he just pitches better, he throws more strikes consistently. Um, now he's going to give up some home runs. Max Scherzer even gives up some home runs. Uh, but. If he's aggressive inside the strike zone, not walking a ton of guys, not hitting a ton of guys, um, he's usually been a durable arm. I, I like him as a five-starter, if I'm being honest. All right, let's move to the two pitchers I want to spotlight here. One is a, well, one, both the relievers right now. The first one, and that is Nick Martinez. I questioned the Padres here, bringing in a Nick Martinez, giving him a four-year deal. 
Uh, I thought like, because there was that report that he signed, the Padres gave him more money than they initially gave him before the lockout. So I don't know if another team hopped in and Martinez's camp said, hey, you got to match this. But I questioned it. Padres giving him more money when it felt like he, the Padres were like one of the only teams, maybe the Giants, were the only team interested in Nick Martinez. Like, why are you giving him this much money? We don't know who this guy is. Five starter, maybe competing for the five spot or five uh, spot, excuse me. Uh, Clev got hurt with the knee issue to start the year, so that gave Nick Martinez uh, a starting role. They went with the six man rotation for a while. So he was having some impact there, but to me, it was. To me, I liked it, uh, what I saw out of Nick Martinez as a starter, but I knew, like, he wasn't going to be a starter the whole year. You know, when Gore's there, Snell's there, Clev, all of them are there. He wasn't going to be in the rotation. So I just wondered how he was going to do in the bullpen. Would he be all in on being a bullpen guy and pitching in whatever role the Padres wanted him to pitch in? Just don't know. Um, but he's all in. He has been all in. And where would the Padres be without Nick Martinez? Because he has started. He has pitched out of relief now for it seems like a couple months where would they be josh Hader's struggling right now taylor rogers was struggling right guys going down not having drew pomerantz uh for the whole year so far not having pierce johnson and austin adams for a long period of time this year where would they be without him they didn't have adrian morhone for a good period of time you know and so he has hopped in here and he has a one four three era as a reliever this year his velocity when he went to the bullpen, it's increased. Uh, you know, it was more in low 90s. Now it's like 96, I think, his fastball velocity out of the bullpen. He's pitching multiple innings at times. He is closed. He just closed and, and got the save on Sunday. His changeup is absolutely nasty. I love how fired up he gets on the mound uh, when great defensive plays are made behind him. Um, I mean, this guy, he has been super valuable to the Padres. And look, He's not, he's not going to get talked about like Josh Hader. He's not going to go win the Trevor Hoffman Award for the best National League reliever uh, in the league or anything like that. But in terms of someone that's unselfish, willing to take on any role that Bob Melvin and Ruben Niebla want him to take on and Ben Fritz, the bullpen coach, want him to take on, this guy has been super valuable to this team, and I can't, I can't appreciate this guy enough, I don't think. Um, I know he's appreciated by Padres fans and by the fans that watch the team every day, but nationally, he's definitely underappreciated. Um, so props to Nick Martinez. Wanted to shout him out, shine the light on him a little bit. And then the final guy. Known more of, his, of a matchup guy, right? But this one's Tim Hill. Um, when I looked up his stats since... Uh, especially since a particular date, which I'll talk about here in a minute, it is startling how great he's been just in terms of earned runs. Uh, but he's, he comes off as that matchup guy, you know? He's been more than that, though, it feels like this year. Um, I know they have more than one lefty in the bullpen, but it felt like he was that one lefty there for a while. And I know I've said in the past, it's like he's one of those relievers where, you know, whenever – there's a closer question, right? Who's going to be the closer? or Who's going to be that big setup guy, right? We're always talking about Garcia or Suarez or 
Martinez come up has come up or Chris Matt. Chris Matt's another underappreciated one nationally too. Um, or obviously Rogers when we had him or Hater now, right? We don't mention Tim Hill because we're like, no, Tim Hill's a matchup guy. Or we say, I've said it. Do we really trust Tim Hill in a closing situation? Because we always go back to, oh, he's a matchup guy, right? But he's been more than that. I, I mean, that Manny walk-off game, August 7th, that one stands out to me where he came in after haters struggled and choked that 4-1 to lead that the Padres had going into the ninth. He got out of that jam with a strikeout, I believe, because uh, I remember that because a drunk dude in our section, uh, when Hater was struggling, he was like, where the F is Tim Hill? And when Tim Hill came in, he went nuts. Um, but I remember that game, and then obviously that set up the Manny walk-off home run after Profar got on. Uh, and Soto, I th either singled or walked. Um, that one obviously stands out. And here's this earned run stat. So I was looking up his game logs on baseball reference today, and it was startling. I would not have thought that he has not allowed a run since July 1st. It's August 23rd right now. He has not allowed a run since July 1st. That's like beginning of the season Josh Hader stuff. He, hadn't, he didn't allow a run in like the first two months or something in the season. And I know he's struggling now, but that's the guy that he was. That's the guy the Padres hope they're going to get back. And Tim Hill, he hasn't allowed a run in 14 and a third relief innings. So he, he's not, he hasn't just been a matchup guy for the Padres this year. Or as of late, or for the last two months. He's been much more than that. He's been dominant the last two months, month and a half, whatever. So big hats off. Props to Tim Hill. Uh, to Nick Martinez, to Jerks and Profar, to Hassan Kim. Those are my four guys that I wanted to shine a light on today before the Padres take on the Guardians. Let me know your thoughts here real quickly before we get out of here on those guys. If there's any other guys you want to shout out who you think are underappreciated, let me know real quickly here. Um, and while you do that, I'll preview this series real quick. Cleveland and San Diego. Uh, Cal Quantrill, I believe, is going to start tomorrow for the in, uh, the Guardians. Um, and uh, today, starting for Cleveland, we got Clev on the mound for today. He's facing his former team. And then the Indians, or I keep saying Indians, sorry. The Guardians, I apologize. The Guardians are throwing out Aaron Savali. He has a 5.63 ERA this year. Clev has a 3.63 ERA. Uh, Clev is actually, you know, Clev's another guy. He's pitched really good most of this year. Uh, the Padres are 68 and 56. They're a game and a half up on the Milwaukee Brewers for that final wild card spot. Brewers won last night. Uh, I know it's getting a lot of play on social media. Oral Hershiser confirmed that this is a rivalry, Padres Dodgers, and he confirmed that uh, Dodger fans and the Dodgers care about the Padres, saying, when they were down 3 nothing in the ninth inning. Hey, you know, there's a silver lining, I guess, in this. Something to this effect. I'm not quoting him directly. But he said, hey, at least it helps the Brewers that they win today and it hurts the Padres, right? It's like, really? I thought you're not worried about us. Didn't you sweep us the last time you played us? Like, why are you bringing the Padres into this if you don't care and you don't think we're a threat? Like, the Dodgers know. Yeah, the Padres didn't play well against the Dodgers last time. but 
I still view them as a threat when things are going right for the Padres, right? If Josh Hader finds something here, like that's a huge piece in this Padres bullpen. If this offense can start hitting a little bit, definitely more than they did this last weekend against the Nationals, the Padres are a threat to the Dodgers. They are. Are they the favorites? No, they don't deserve to be. Are they the favorites against the Mets? No, they probably don't deserve to be. I don't know if they'd be even the favorites against the Braves, but they're still, they still can be a threat to the Dodgers when things are going right. Um, Guardians, they're in first place in the AL Central before going into today's mini two-game series, uh, starting today, today, and tomorrow. And then the Padres, they get two off days this week. They had one yesterday, have one Thursday before taking on the Kansas City Royals in Kansas City. The house that Eric Cosmer built, Kauffman Stadium. He definitely didn't build Petco Park, I'll say that. Um, that would be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Kansas City's not a good team, but hey, that doesn't matter. We just saw what they did against the Nationals, and they split when they could have won that series, right? So four underappreciated Padres. Don't see any comments here about other underappreciated guys you want me to shout out or give mention to. Um, Ivan here says Tatis is needed, so at least the Padres should look into adding another star hitter, possibly an outfielder, and keeping Bell, Drury, and Clevenger. Oh, he's talking about the offseason. So I know Tatis is needed. I'm not, I'm, but I, I'm just more focused on this year. But in the offseason, um, adding another star hitter, I mean, they have Manny, they have Soto, they have Tatis, right? You have three star hitters right there. Cronoworth. Um, yeah, I know some people on Twitter have, they were willing to include him in trade discussions with the Nationals, just float him out there. Uh, I, I don't think they realize how valuable Jake is to this team. I think he's one of the more valuable players on this team. Uh, but he was an all-star this year, so I didn't want to include him on this list, or I definitely would have. People know that Crony's my favorite player. Um, He's just super, super valuable to this team. Positions he can play. He plays every day. Him and Manny are the Ironmen on this team. Um, but they have him in the lineup. I think he's going to be better next year. Um, I think he can be better this year, too, turning it around. Uh, possibly an, an outfielder is what Ivan says. Yeah, uh, but if Profar stays and Grisham's under contract, who would they be getting? They'd be getting a bench outfielder probably, right? Because Profar has been good in left field. Really good defensively too. Or maybe they go upgrade center. Uh, I have liked what I've seen out of Grisham lately though, to be honest. Better defensively. Man, he went through that really, really rough stretch defensively. So I'm happy to see him being improving there. Um, Ivan wants to keep Bell, maybe. Uh, Drury, maybe. Those Guys are both free agents at the end of the year. Clevenger, yeah, it definitely feels like Clevenger wants to be here, loves San Diego. I'm sure Manaya does too, but probably the Padres would want to go after one of those guys. I would think they'd want Clevenger more than Manaya, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they think that this is just a one-year thing for Clev, and uh, they want, they like, excuse me, they like Manaya's durability, you know? So we'll see about that, but that that time will come. At the end of the season, I wanted to focus on today the four underappreciated Padres I wanted to spotlight uh, going into this Cleveland series that aren't going to get a lot of national attention, 
but I did want to shine a light on them today. So that'll be do that'll do it. Excuse me. That'll be doing it. Sorry, I can't talk right now. That'll do it. Talking for hours podcast and YouTube show episode 220 brought to you by Gaglion Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. I'm Ben Fadden, your host. Uh, I'll be on John and Jim, by the way, today on the radio show at, I think, 345. So you can tune in there. Extra 1360, uh, the iHeartRadio app as well. Um, if you want to hear more of me talking about the Padres. Uh, but until the pregame show later today, I'll see you later. Uh, go Padres. Keep the faith. See everybody.